You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neal Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two fabulously divine and absolutely wondrous co-hosts, are Karen Murphy and Ron Mayer. Say hello to everyone, guys. You know, Karen, one of these days, I'm certain we are, with all of this praise, we're truly going to begin to believe him, right? <laughs> right, exactly, Ron. <laughs> hello, <Yeah>. everybody. <laughs> hello, lovely listeners. <laughs> well, you know, if you say it enough, people believe it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just readjusting my headset here. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So on this program... We're really going to talk about the a lot about the energies that are happening at the moment. And we know there has been, on a lot of our programs, talks about the energies that are coming through. And it is a very intense year for the energies and what we're ex- experiencing. And in this particular instance, we just had Pisces full moon. It's interesting that I've read some comments and one said, this Pisces full moon is here to dissolve what holds you apart from spirit and your true self said, let go, forgive, and surrender. Open your root chakra at the base of your spine and send down thick roots to the core of Mother Earth to remember who you are. From that and many other comments that have been out there, it is a time of immense positive change if we wish to use it as such. Obviously, if you wish to use it as a point of positive change, you have to go with it. You have to find the joy in the changes you see and make them positive. Don't, as we usually do, go into fear. Fear of the unknown. But you have to remember fears are all self-created. Look for the positive and dig deep into your core beliefs, which are not the illusions of fear. They are beyond and below and past the illusions of fear. Put your love into practice. You know, we said before many times, acts of kindness, paying it forward, compliments, all of these things, even putting out positive prayers and blessing people, are all good for moving your energies up and moving into the core of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And it is a time to go within and strengthen your inner energies. And things we've said before many times that help on that is meditate beyond the kindness and paying it forward and the positive things in that direction that you can do with other people. There is meditation. There is work on your heart and mind connection, which we talked about in the last program. And pay attention to your intuition, because your intuition is very important in so many ways. If you can 
listen to it more and recognize more and more what your intuition is telling you, it will move you much further ahead in what you desire and where you desire to go than not listening to it. And that's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Also, what it boils down to, it's a time of self-awareness. It is going within and recognizing who you are, what you want to move to, who you desire to become, and doing it all from your heart center, your core, and in connection with Mother Earth. Because one is a connection to all that is true, but then you can get a more direct connection to Mother Earth and have that balance and better energy as well. Mm -hmm. It is a very good time. So look at this time coming up after this full moon as very, very positive. Look on it joyously, look at it as a woohoo, and move with that. (laughs) And that's my introduction. (laughs) Anyone want to throw some comments in? Well, we are at that time in the season, for instance, where we're accumulating all of the benefits of what our summer months have created for us. So we are in the process of the harvest. There's a lot of abundance that we can be thankful for. October is coming in to, the, to be the month of the Canadian Thanksgiving. So there is, there's a lot there to be grateful for. And yet, it was interesting earlier on in the program, before the program, Karen was talking about that a lot of times with the fall, rather than seeing it as an end to things, there's a part of our society that begins to see it as a beginning. And I find that rather curious with regards to, you know, like kids going to school, for instance, where this is the beginning of an exciting new time in their life. This is a new grade. They're, they're there to probably make new friends. So in one sense, it is a new beginning. So there's this juxtaposition that occurs during this period of the year. And I just find that that was kind of interesting. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Karen? Because I love what where you were going yeah, with that. Yeah, it was, it was rather interesting because, and I think it was a news article I was reading or maybe I was listening to on the radio, and they were talking about how for so many years, we often thought of New Year's as that new beginning and people would make New Year's mm-hmm. resolutions that never stuck and kind of thinking this is a whole new fresh start and then they'd move into sort of that what people often term as that February blues time. They were saying that more and more as people are, I don't know whether it's through the way in which we're evolving, but finding that nowadays many people are looking towards the months of latter August, early September as that new beginning because there's so much more change going on. And with that change, there may come some excitement. There may come some trepidation. For some, there there may come fear, as you said, Ron. Oftentimes, when you think of families, they'll often move in the summer months so that they're in their new location, their new community come September for their kids to begin a new school. It might be young teenagers going off to university. They may be moving away to new city centers. And so there's a lot of change, but with our free will, it does become very much about choices. And we can look at that as very positive and embrace those opportunities and feel that joy and really choose to make it exactly what we want. And I think, Martin, when you were talking about using your intuition and becoming more self-aware, this is a time to say, am I going to resist this change, whether it be a new school. For, for some, it might even be a new job. A lot of people will often um, you know, make that change if they're relocating, that kind of thing. So it really is an opportunity. And I know the other thing that I had mentioned was that growing up, I often felt, because I 
I listened to the, the old paradigm of it's New Year's, so happy New Year's. And then I always wondered what was so great about this particular date, because for me, it didn't really feel like a change in any way personally. And then when spring and summer came along, I saw new birth, the leaves were coming out, the flowers were blossoming, and I always termed fall as things dying off. Uh-huh. And and then into that winter where everyone kind of hibernates for the winter. It wasn't until I actually had my daughter and started to see things through the seasons through her eyes. And then I became very, very much aware of the beautiful colors and the beautiful new opportunities and the change. And I started to look at the four seasons quite differently. So I, I think this, when I was listening to this on the radio, it just kind of caught my ear because it very much resonated with some feelings that I had growing up and how they've been modified over the years. Yeah. Well, now I, 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 go ahead, Martin. Okay. I'm just going to throw a couple of things in here. New Year's is a made-up date. When you look at how energies change and things, it is the equinoxes that time frame and moving through the equinox that you right. feel the energies change. So it's more natural, I think, and more comfortable than people are realizing it. Do your thought process change and look forward at the points where it gets around the equinox. The other thing is you mentioned winter and hibernation. Now, I know it's for mainly the northern part of the northern hemisphere, which does encompass most of Western society, Europe and a lot of uh, pe- people in the United States and Canada, etc. But winter and hibernate, and the, your kid's going to school, they're not there anymore, you have more time to yourself. It is a perfect time to begin to look inward, to meditate, and find the joys in that. And when you move from summers, typically here where you're outside a lot, it's sunny, it's warm, you're doing things, that's all good, there's no doubt about it. But when it moves into poorer weather and more rain or more snow or what have you, it is the time, I believe, that it's the perfect time to meditate and look inward and become more self-aware. I think the seasons are actually made beautifully for it. I think so too. So I sort of look on it that way, if that makes sense, as to why things are shifting that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you really did hit on something important with regards to the calendars. What we currently have, the Gregorian calendar system, is not a natural time-following system. One of the things that I've learned with my Indigenous teachings is that a more natural form of following time is following the moon cycles or the actual cycles of the Earth herself. When you're looking at the equinoxes, for instance, and, and recognizing these are the, the pinnacle points with regards to the, the changing seasons, it's more natural. And we tried this at one point, trying to get off a seven-day calendar system, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday. Certain months have more days than others, which never made any sense to me. And, and who decided those in the first place? And there was a lot of ego involved with the creation of the Gregorian chal- uh, the calendar, as opposed to the more indigenous system of tracking time, which is through the moon cycles. If you track time through the moon cycles, you find yourself more in harmony with the planet, which is typically what we are attempting to do, especially now during the ascension cycle period that we're in, is that we're trying to earth sync with the earth as she continues her shift upward. That is very, very important. And so more and more, it's becoming more important to follow moon cycles as a form of tracking time rather than through the Gregorian cycle system that we're currently so addicted to. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it made no sense. The current Gregorian calendar. Like, <laughs> no. February has how many days? And yeah. why does this one have Eight. 31? And, and what one? is this leap year business with oh, I know. February <laughs> and that type of thing? And I'm not, not that I'm saying that the Earth cycle or the indigenous moon cycle system is scientifically perfect. You're also going to find that there will be adjustments of days here and there during the years as it goes on, but it is still far more in sync with the natural cycles of the planet and the moon and our energy. Yes, and, and all of this going around the sun. And as I said, nothing is static. Everything is changing. Mm-hmm. And that would include our understanding of our connections with the earth as well as the moon and the sun. So all of that is also going to be changing and is changing very dramatically at this point in the ascension cycle. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I I grew up with a friend or my my adult years and uh, she was of indigenous heritage and never wore a watch. I was forever fascinated be running in and looking at the clock or grabbing a watch to see what time it was. And I found very quickly, I would say to her, what time do you think it is? And she'd look up and look around. And nine times out of 10, she was probably within five minutes, maybe up to 15 minutes of what our clock was telling us. Over the years, I became very in tune to that. And as we see the seasons change, we also see, obviously, with the the Earth rotation, we see daylight and nighttime shift and all of that kind of thing and how rapidly it moves at certain times of the year and how it would feel like it's slowing down at other times of the year. And I've become very in tune to, throughout the seasons, knowing what time it is. Uh-huh. Knowing, knowing how much time has passed, even though we often, as humans, we talk about, wow, it seems like time flies and all of those kinds of things. F- from my perspective, if you're in tune with yourself and with Mother Nature, you actually know where time's at. Uh-huh. Well, the indigenous people, they always look to the sun to tell them what, where they are time-wise during the day. It's the position of the sun. There are, in indigenous teachings, there are typically four gateways or dimensional portals that occur during that 24-hour cycle. And these are the cardinal points where the indigenous people have a tendency to pray because they're aware of those cycles and they are also aware of the gifts that can be received during the openings of these portals during that 24-hour period. You can't be watching your, your clock to let you know when that is. Your intuitive side, and as I tell people, put up that insufferable phone aside stop (laughs) being so connected to that phone because that is so completely keeping you separate from the natural cycles and earth mother herself right and living in the present we often talk about how do we and a lot of living in the present comes from what you were saying martin earlier about having that self-awareness and having that stillness in time and doing that meditation and really being present in every moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, it, it's interesting. I know it was heavily due to Grandmother Persia's teaching when getting up with the sunrise ceremony. One of the things that, if you pay attention, and I know a lot of people don't, if you get up and watch the sunrise from its first glimmer to almost being up and feel the energy, uh-huh. then compare that to sunset and compare it to midday, you will feel that the energies are so radically different between Uh, those three. When you get in tune with them, you can use them appropriately to to help yourself. And the energies are 100% different between them in many ways. It's interesting how when you pay attention to that, you can use it to your benefit. 
Uh, and the other thing, of course, we all know, and it's now been proven, is during a full moon, and to a lesser extent, but even during a new moon, people get a little more free and wild. There's more drinking, there's more drunkenness, there's more various things that happen during a full moon. People already know there's a correlation there. So going with the moon cycles and recognizing the energies and what they're doing and, and how you can use them to your benefit could move you past all that. Uh -huh. There is so much energy that is tied to them that we now know they are that it's interesting that we've not bothered to move the calendar in any way to get in sync with these things. It's fascinating. Well, it's a good point, Martin, because during this time, when you talk about a full moon and we talk about things like we often hear that in nursing homes, things go a little wonky and in yeah. all of those kinds of things. But at the top of the show, we talked about choices and free will. Knowing those cycles, you could actually use that time by embracing it and actually letting your true self come out. And maybe that means showing more, demonstrating more acts of kindness, being true to your feelings, speaking when you say something. How often, I know I'm guilty of this, that oftentimes I'll think something and it's very positive and I'll, I'll think, oh, that's, you know, that's really wonderful. I'd like to share that with someone and tell them how, how wonderful they look or, gee, that was a really great conversation. And oftentimes I'll second guess myself and think, oh, will they think I'm being silly? Will they think I'm being too emotional? Will that seem inappropriate? <laughs> and all of those silly ideals that my mm -hmm. ego holds me back from. And I'm finding that more and more, if I think it and it's positive, I will say it. Mm -hmm. I really well, am checking myself at the door for that now. Mm -hmm. And just think, the more you give credence and importance to how people think of you, the more you are their prisoner. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I read that on your post. Yes. Oh, that, that, was a, that was the post yeah. I was trying to think of during the last program. I couldn't think of. I couldn't find it. And hence our move for the development of the sovereign self. Yes. It's far more important to appreciate what you think of yourself rather than what other people think of you. Yes. You're here, absolutely, absolutely. Do what feels comfortable. And it's interesting, Karen, when you say you don't hold back from giving that compliment or saying that was really good to someone when it pops up in your mind and you just let it out. Mm -hmm. I find, I agree with you, there was a time when that became, oh, what will they think? Yes. But you know what happens? And I don't think you've noticed the same thing, I hope, is that when I do it now, it brings a smile to their face. Absolutely, absolutely. And never backfires ever. And the energy uh, flows. Yeah. You're right, Martin, because the smile goes on their face, and how does that make you feel? Complimenting somebody always opens the door of allowance, and allowance is freedom. So if you're the bearer of freedom, which is our natural state of being, the moment you give that freedom to anybody else, they will instantly appreciate that mm -hmm. Yeah, if they are on the ascension path. Yes. Feeling of empowerment, too, and I, I don't mean empowerment over others, but great feeling of self-empowerment. You okay. feel like you're just being truly authentic. It, it doesn't feel pushed or forced in any way. It's like, ah, I will let this be as it is. Well, right. in one sense, when you're complimenting someone, you're only complimenting yourself because you are actually seeing what that other person is displaying as an aspect of yourself. You would not be able to see that in someone else unless you had it yourself. Right. So if you were to truly look at when you're complimenting somebody, you're actually embracing the concept of oneness and are actually complimenting yourself. So that's one of the reasons why it feels good to do that. Mm -hmm. And it is more important than most people realize because... The reverse is either not complimenting people, which is kind of neutral but not that great, mm -hmm. but 
there's the reverse where people always feel they have to take someone down. Oh, yes. No matter what they're doing. If you notice that's happening a lot these days from a lot of people, is that the route that makes anyone feel good? Think about people who are taking other people down and look at those discussions. And then look at one you find where someone's going, that is great. That was a wonderful job. I'm glad we did this. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And feel the difference. If you can't feel the difference and see why the second one is so much better, keep looking. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you would bring that up. The other day with work, I've been involved in a project where we're meeting with, with a variety of what I'll call branches within our organization. And we're meeting with the people that are leading those branches. And we've never done this kind of review before. So it's very new to everybody. And it's really just a holistic picture of what's happening in our backyard. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I must admit, I was completely impressed and surprised by how this process went because it was something that I was very unfamiliar with in that it unraveled in such a positive manner where it was truly meetings of here is the results, here's what we've got, here's what we've observed, and collaboratively saying, you know, I was hearing such great compliments like amazing team, amazing work, even when things still needed to be worked on. There was acknowledgement that, hey, here's a spot we might want to spend some time focusing on. And very collaboratively and together, we would talk about those things. I don't think at any point in time, the folks that were leading these branches ever felt like they were being put on the spot or put down or intimidated. In fact, the feedback we were receiving was almost like, wow, this is so cool to be part of this very nurturing discussion. I've never experienced it having worked in the corporate world for much of my adult life. It's not something that I ever really felt. And it was just, it was a, it was a little bit, first, I, I will admit I was surprised and I didn't, I kept kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, when are they then going to say, so here's all the things you must change? Never happened. It was always about, well, what do you think of this? How could Mm -hmm. we approach that? It was just, it was really kind of cool. It was collaborative. It was collaborative and it was loving. Martin, when you said, you know, people feeling the need to take each other down, Mm. it was a very much a feeling of all of this is all of ours, very connected and very much in oneness. So it was kind of like, how do we together move this in a direction that we want? And at the same time, acknowledging all the fantastic things that were being done. It was really quite amazing. It would be. And you're right, it is rare. It is. It is really uh-huh. rare. Uh-huh. Especially in these times of change that we're obviously going through, where people are being asked to go with the changes that are being presented to everybody. And it's almost a, a feeling that these changes are happening not as a result of our asking for them, but are happening to us from external sources right. that we're somehow being forced into some of these changes. We are going through some pretty intense changes, especially for our the, the company that I work for. We're internally, the changes we're going through is remarkable. It's even making the news these days with regards to some of the shiftings that we're going through. And there are two ways of looking at this. Either you go with the changes and you see these changes as an opportunity, which Karen, I think this is what hopefully was happening with your situation. Yeah. Or if the changes are too dramatic and the people involved are not yet ready to relinquish 
because change always is a relinquishing of the old in order to replace it with the new. If they're not ready yet to relinquish the old, then this is where there's conflict and things can come to loggerheads there. And Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing an awful lot of that these days. Oh, very much, yeah. Your comment on the energy changes that are coming through, and and you're right, we can look on it as though we're being forced to change. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, just like mentioning the full moon, we go through many full moon cycles during the year in our lives, mm-hmm. and each time uh, we're affected by them, and we can see how some people just let it go and go crazy with them. But you can, as we said, work with them to your benefit. Right. And these are nothing but more natural energy shifts that are occurring mm-hmm. that we can work with. You don't have to fight them. And as a matter of fact, it's recommended you don't fight them. And try and be more positive and move with the change into finding the joy in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And all of the doom and gloom that's being talked about, economic collapse and this and that and all the changes. The thing there, and I know you've said it many times, Ron, the thing about all those changes when they come to pass is that they will change the systems. Yes, they'll change how we operate. Mm-hmm. But how we've been operating has not been good for 90% of the people on this earth. 95? <laughs> well, even higher. It will be shifts that will move it to be, the system will be better for all of us. Yes. In a more joyous way and more free. That is not something we should be afraid of. I know we like hanging on to what's been built. Always put in the forefront of your mind the positive that will come out of it, how much more free you will be, how much less tied to things you will be. It's just going to be a wonderful outcome, Mm -hmm. and that's what you have to focus on. Mm -hmm. And that is, well, I shouldn't say all it takes, but if you can do that, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to get through. (laughs) And even begin to embrace the potential behind that. There'll be a lot of people who will have a tremendous amount, as I've said earlier in in previous programs, there is a lot of our emotional bodies that needs a desperate attention for healing. Yeah. This is why when the full moon comes out, a full moon is is indicative of a higher tide, for instance, and mm-hmm. tides refer to water, which refers to emotions. And so it's all connected to the emotional body, so that when the full moon is up, yeah, you get all of these strange people making all of these strange... Wild behaviors or what? Wild happened. behaviors or emotional outbursts and that type yeah. of thing. The thing of it is, is it's an opportunity for you to begin to look at what's creating those emotional imbalances that are behind it. But the thing of it is, is you have to be, as I said earlier in, in the other programs, you have to be able to express those emotions mm-hmm. in order for you to have the ability to be able to bring in spirit through intuition right. to see what's behind it. Yes. Do it consciously, not subconsciously like so many people are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the thing. Most people who are expressing their emotions, if you get on Facebook, for instance, and you're seeing someone decide to take a strip off of somebody and it starts this whole tear of, of, of anger between everybody, this is the type of things I call emotional regurgitation. There is no intent there to heal. There is only intent to overpower. And the two are very different. You know? Yes. The other thing, too, is we always say we're all creative beings. We create our own reality, whether subconsciously or consciously, and and we always say it's better to do it consciously than let it randomly come out of our subconscious and affect us how we don't want. In this time of change and what we're moving towards, don't think of yourself as a pawn in this great scheme of things that is happening. You are a creator, and when you move your mind to what you want to see as coming out as joyous and positive out of these change, 
you can affect where they lead to and the positive and joys that will come out of them. And the more people that do that, the more those positive joys and endgames will come out of them. So you're not a pawn. You're a creator in where this is going. Never forget that. And if you're training yourself to become fully conscious and being conscious of being a creator, you are more likely to be instrumental in the continuation of the human race as a species because we are definitely going through a massive leap here in conscious awareness. And that's been what all of our spiritual teachers have been advising us on at this point is to whether or not the human race will actually survive this transformation. If you are definitely stepping into your sovereign self and consciously making more and more of an effort to become conscious of being your your creator and taking back your power, you will be far more instrumental in creating as well as preparing your physical body in order to inhabit this new timeline that is emerging, you will be part of the continuation of the human species. This, on your personal cosmic resume, is going to appear fantastic, folks. Yes, and everything is internal, so that what you do and how you are being with yourself will radiate out and affect others to get there more quickly if they care to take it up. Uh But even your energies will affect them more in that direction. But it is about you and who you are being and where you will stand in the end. Uh But don't forget that you send out ripples of energy that affect everyone else on Earth as well. Uh And if you're moving to joy and an outcome that is joyous, then you're pushing that outcome and energy out for other people to look at it and go, do I want that too? Mm-hmm. And that energy could make them in an instant say, yes, I do. And then they join it. Mm-hmm. It is all about you. You do affect everyone else on earth as well. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, that's well said, Martin. I know recently I've gone through a period of what I'm going to call stuckedness, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, with things that were going on in my life uh, fairly recently. I was stuck and I was letting the old paradigms, the old rules, and my ego, and all kinds of things get in the way. And there I was, stuck. And I knew I was stuck, but I wasn't doing much to get unstuck. And I think, Ron, you often talk about when you feel that you have to acknowledge those emotions, uh, become more Uh self-aware, and figure out what it is that's really niggling at you. What is it truly? And forget the the poor me, victim, all of that stuff. And really, from my perspective, the only thing that helped me was acknowledging I was stuck. And then Uh there was a process that I had to go through that took time in silence. Uh Silence, meditation, asking for help, and not asking for the outcome that I wanted. And when I say that, I mean that from the perspective of I would like this to happen. It was more the outcome of things like grace, love, joy in this particular situation. And accepting exactly what was present at that moment. Exactly. Yeah. No judgment. Just it's all right. It's okay to be this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting process. And it it took me some time. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And when you actually get to that point, as I did, where you can acknowledge it, accept it, see it for what it is, and move through it, mm-hmm. that whole feeling of getting unstuck and moving forward creates such a, <sighs> this uplifting feeling. And I could say that when I got to that point, because it was fairly recently, Martin, to what you just said, I all of a sudden started to see the energies around me 
moving in a much more positive way, both by myself and those that were around me. The shift has has really been phenomenal. And it was with the outcome of how do we get to this place of grace and joy and shift away from all of this old stuff that really has no bearing, but it is in fact bothering us today. Mm -hmm. For me, whenever I'm feeling that stuckness, usually I've been able to get to some of the core beliefs behind what that is for me personally. And that's usually, uh, there's a, a thought pattern that says I'm not good enough. Yes. Somehow I won't be able to, I'm not worthy enough to get myself out of this, that somehow I'm, I'm too stupid. These are some of the thought patterns that usually come up with regards to feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. Stuck to me is always the fact that there's a fear that has frozen all movement of energy for that sp- specific time. And so there, for me, there's always a period of, okay, if I'm feeling stuck, there's obviously fear that's operating here that says nothing's going to change. Yeah, me right. too. I had to really examine that. Yeah. yeah. The energy in those moments always, if you if you look back on them, always feels you've pulled it in, you've become like a little tight ball, <laughs> cocoon of energy. It's not the love and pure radiant, put it out there to everyone, love y'all. It's the opposite. Yes. One of the things too that I found that when I'm in that moment of feeling stuckness, as I said before, when you're in an atmosphere of fear and judgment, you will yeah. not be able to bring in the light of knowledge, the light of spirit, which wants to tell you what the answer is. So in that supreme moment of recognizing, oh, I'm feeling stuck here, you're not going to know what the answer is. It's not because that judgment is definitely going to prevent you from pulling in anything. And this is, you know, Karen, you're wonderful. This is where the meditation can be very much of assistance to go in, to meditate, to put that cell phone away or to reconnect with nature, which is one of my supreme methods of trying to get past that stuckedness that I end up sometimes. And then once you relax and you can breathe into that moment, that's when the still small voice of the intuition, that Christ consciousness, begins to whisper into your ear. You might want to look at this thing, or you might want to look at this, you know. Are you really thinking that you're so stupid that you won't be able to figure this out? Where did that idea come from? And who gave you that idea? Was it your mother? Was it your father? Who was it your teacher who might have said that hurt your feelings? And you're still stuck on that judgment because you haven't released, you haven't forgiven your parents or your teacher for passing on that judgment to you because you were so hurt. You need to at least get to a point where you can allow the spirit of light and knowledge to enter in to begin to assist you. But when you're in that supreme moment of being stuck, that's when the door is slammed shut with regard oh, yeah. to intuitive, intuitive understandings. Very yeah. difficult at that point. Because then I always... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, because at that point, you become very impatient with yourself. And, you you know, you say, why don't I know what this is? Then the result will be that you really come down hard on yourself. Mm. Spiritual people are very adept at that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. At that moment, you always ask the question, why can't I get over this? Why can't I see this? And when we said it before, maybe I'm not using quite the right term, but I feel it's the same thing. I move into observer mode. Yes. And I look at myself and go, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, and, and just move back and look at it. With that contemplation and movement, I guess it's meditation in many ways for me, I eventually find what the root is mm-hmm. or something that leads to the root. You know, there's this that leads to this that leads to this. When I get there and I finally break out of that mood, every once in a while, and I've said it before, and I get a chuckle out of this, I say thank you to God, and God always answers and laughs 
and says, do you really think there's anything I can't do? <laughs> and, and I just chuckle at that and then move on. It's right at that breaking point where that comes in and that statement from God comes into me so often. It's hilarious. I can't help but smile and laugh every time I think <laughs> of it. And that's what comes in at that point. And I'm just, whoo. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's but, but see, even moving into the observer, which we've talked about in the past, is an indication that you're at least willing to let go of a particular judgment, that you're at least willing to say, okay, I might not know what the answer is in this moment, but I know that there is an answer, and I'm willing to allow it to come to me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to get to that observer mode, you still have that judgment that you feel is so real that somehow, as I've said before, sometimes that victimhood, especially judgment, is can be so convincing that you have just been victimized, that you have a right to feel anger, that you have a right to feel that judgment, because there, it's right in front of your face. Yeah. I was just dumped on, mm-hmm. not recognizing your involvement in that and your allowing of that to happen in the first place. Yeah, on that, I would say that the more you can move, for me anyway, more I move into the observer mode, it happens quicker. Yeah. And it resolves and finds the root of the problem and allows you to move on freer, quicker and quicker every time it occurs. So yes, originally, I could sit there for two weeks like that. (laughs) And and now it's less than half a day, typically. When I go into that observer mode, as I did during this process, I also had to face my imagined reality. Yes. And, uh, that was very interesting. It was, a, it was a process that happened over a period of time, but I would agree with you, Martin. It happens much quicker every time. I think it's that being able to go through and acknowledge that process and to give thanks at the end is something that I, that I do as well. It creates this space where you can actually move through with grace, actually, as opposed to, as you said, Ron, beating up on yourself as you're going through this process. It's really just to be allowing and then move through these stages. Yeah. You're entering what I always call the fires of Mm self-forgiveness because those fires are incredibly, it's easy to forgive other people, but forgiving yourself, (laughs) this is why I've I've always attributed the term fire when it comes to self-forgiveness, because that's exactly what it feels like. My God, I'm burning here with myself, <laughs> self-judgment here. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm burning myself at the stake here with my self-recriminations. But then once you have forgiven yourself, there's a instant, ah, oh, it's okay. Yeah, It's all right. There's an acknowledgement and an acceptance of what the judgments were originally. There's an acceptance that, yeah, okay, so what happened? So what if those judgments are real? So what if those judgments end up creating this situation? I'm prepared. If it happens, then I'm prepared to accept the responsibility of it. Once you can get to that point, then you can actually change the judgment and change your reality. Mm -hmm. Very true. I can't speak for everyone, but I would say that it is a pattern that probably happens to most people. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all Uh, pattern. Yes, I think think you're right. And a very hard one to move out of. But I can't reiterate enough that the more you do it, the more you will easily, more easily, I should say, move out of it. Yes, that's the path. For sure. Changing from being the victim to the master. Yeah. I was just going to go back to something that I said it in the opening, and it was opening your root chakra at the base of your spine Mm. and send down thick roots to the core of Mother Earth to remember who you are. And you mentioned about connecting more to Mother Earth. I just wanted to say on that, that if you can sit and still yourself and be calm, feel your chakra energy up straight up and down through your horror line, and just sit there and try and be as much with one as yourself as you can without all the clutter. Mm -hmm. And just picture through the bottom part of your spine, 
tree roots or energy going down from you to Mother Earth and hooking into the core of Mother Earth, the crystalline core of Mother Earth, and really hooking it in and becoming energetically part of and connect to Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do it as frequently as you want, but once a day, once a week, watch whatever you wish. Do that for the next while. That will help balance out and move in uh, balancing of energies and move negativity out. Mm -hmm. Mother Earth does take a lot of the negative energies that are being attracted and flowing around us and in us down to herself and dissipates them. Don't ever worry that feeding a negative energy into Mother Earth and that sense and letting it go will ever harm Mother Earth. Mother Earth is there to help us heal. She knows how to transform these energies. Yes, yes exactly. You know. And what a little thing I also want to note that the center of the Earth is very, very important when it comes to the human physiology. Our 13th chakra is actually centered in the center of the earth. So everybody is connected in a sense of oneness through the 13th chakra, which is the center of the earth. Mm -hmm. So there is a very intimate connection between the idea of the center of the earth and who we are. And as I said, that 13th chakra is what is necessary in order to connect you to the upper dimensional realms, because it actually overlaps and connects with the 12th chakra, which has just recently come online with the human race in 2000 and was actually very instrumental in the actual beginning of the ascension cycle. Without that 12th chakra energy coming forward, which we haven't had for over 210,000 years, the ascension cycle would have come and gone and no one would have had the opportunity to evolve. Right. And as they say, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. all important. I know we always look at anything down for some reason. We've been religiously indoctrinated into that's where mm -hmm. hell is and everything else, but that is not so. Don't believe so, it. No. no. The core of Mother Earth is, is far from hell. <laughs> mm -hmm. As I said earlier, the Earth has decided to ascend, um, and what that means is so important not only to our Earth and our solar system, but to the entire Milky Way galaxy, that being connected to the Earth during this period is all, it's almost like, in my mind, is almost supreme. You need to be, be able to continue Earth sinking with her increasing frequencies if you wish to remain on the planet and part of the ascension process. Those who are, are stuck in the old paradigm system of thinking will find it increasingly more difficult to remain on the planet. They will be increasingly more warlike in their attitudes with things. And clearly, that harvest that many people are talking about is clearly being evident today as this separating of the chaff from the wheat type of thing continues to happen during the latter parts of this ascension cycle. Yes. Maybe a lot of people don't know that. But yes, connecting to Mother Earth and how we are part of Mother Earth, we're created mm -hmm. in many ways, our physical from Mother Earth, that being tied to Mother Earth is paramount because we're part and parcel. Mm -hmm. So to divorce yourself from it is is really a, how do I put it, a nasty route to go? <laughs> it's choice, but it still will not bring the outcome if you want joy. Any thoughts, Karen? I'm just thinking that Mother Earth has always been sort of a, how do I put it, a grounding for me. So I do know that, especially in the, the nicer weather, when I feel that feeling of stress or confusion, when my mind, where I kind of do that separation, one of my go-tos is to get out there and take off my flip-flops and stand on Mother Earth. And oftentimes when I've done that, I've almost felt, and I don't know whether, I, I don't know what it is, but I've often felt this 
imbalance and then pulling. Mm. It's almost like I can feel that, as the song says, I can feel the earth move under my, you know, feet. Yeah. It, it is just like that. And it sometimes doesn't happen right away. It sometimes takes some stillness. And sometimes it takes a little bit of movement into the ground for me to kind of feel, okay, I'm feeling that ground. I'm now starting to feel grounded. I will feel my breathing start to slow. I mm. will feel my energy start to shift. And I will feel that, as I said, that the little bit of imbalance and then this pull. Mm. And I recommend some of these exercises, just what Karen talked about or what I talked about earlier with your, the base of your spine and the roots. Try them and see if you can discern the energy differences. Uh, just open up to the differences in energy and let yourself feel them. It's interesting how empowering it is and how, not empowering, but how calm it makes you feel for me anyway it makes me feel much more calm centered and balanced by doing that and i think you make a good point martin around doing these kinds of things as frequently as you can and i would also mm -hmm. say that what comes to mind for me is that whole aspect that you were talking about earlier with respect to the chakras and that is that visualization yes oftentimes in the harsh winter or in the pouring rain sometimes it's, if it's thunder and lightning it may not be the opportune time to be out there barefoot in it and you know yeah. trying to connect with mother earth but you can do so just as easily by getting yourself into that silent state and doing practicing visualization and mm -hmm. standing still putting your feet down i recommend bare feet on whatever flat ground you're standing on and then just visualize that, you know, oftentimes when we, when we feel fear and that flight or fight feeling, often people will say, visualize something good. Or I think I spoke a couple of programs ago about focusing during childbirth. You can do the same visualization with Mother Earth. So if you live in a high-rise apartment or in cold climate, or you're unable physically to do that kind of work, you can visualize it and you will see and feel the same energy move. Now, oh, yes. I just wanted to add one thing with regards to the rain and Mother Earth. While it might feel uncomfortable to be out there in the rain, it, it is something that at least once in your life you should actually embrace and do. Because, as I've said before, we are trying to reconnect with the Earth in all of her beauty, not in just some of the things. So the idea of, hi of hiding away from the rain could invariably be disconnecting you from the uh, uh, from the earth mother so right. but there's got to it has to be an opportune time you have to you yeah know, it's got to yes. be the right time to do that but yeah. that was something that was advised to us at one point where we were asked during a vision quest for instance that if it began to rain not to go back into our tents but to actually disrobe take whatever clothing if we were carrying clothing during our vision quest but to take your clothing off and to go outside and run in the rain naked I was, completely such, I, was, I was just gonna say it, it was such a freeing experience and a unique experience that it just simply ex expanded my concept of who and what I was capable of doing mm. I think Karen when you were said you mentioned thunderstorm there so yeah that, yes, yes the top exactly. of the hill waving a golf club yeah trying. probably not, yes, not a good idea but yes I mean that that feeling of that rainwater I've, I've been out in the rain and, and done that kind of work uh, not to the extent of running naked in the rain that I can recall, but actually feeling that rain coming down and being exactly. just with that. It's, it, it is a phenomenal feeling. There was a song that was sung that become, became quite popular about going out in the rain and feeling the rain. 
and and, and embracing the rain and feeling singing the in the rain. Of it. No, it wasn't singing. Leanne, Leanne, same thing. Leanne, Leanne, what's her name? Leanne Wom. Leanne Rhymes. Not Dan Rhymes. It was. It's another one. Oh, I can't. I'll have to. I'll. I'll have to find that and bring it to the next program. But yes, there is a song that was suggested to us to actually listen to this song and to go out and into the into the into the rain. And of course, you were right. You know, if it's lightning, that you may want to be selective with what rain downpour you're going to choose to do this in, and where you're going to do this. And if you're going to run naked, please don't do so in a public park. <laughs> right. It's funny, you know, when I was a, a child and when we were on the farm, when it was pouring rain in the summer, it was quite often a time where most people would stay indoors uh-huh. because you couldn't go out and do much in the fields. But we'd all take the opportunity to all run down to the river and go for a swim. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and in, in, it was in, wonderful. In <laughs> the indigenous concepts, a lot of times we're being told to acknowledge that when it does rain, it is our elders kissing us and healing us. And so why would you want to divorce yourself from their healing? Uh, right. Go out into that rain, embrace the fact that the old ones are actually blessing us. You know, I was, it reminds me again, sorry, another little story. It was in, I think it was Jamaica. Last year, we were in the ocean swimming. It was wonderful. It was warm. And the mm-hmm. typical afternoon 20-minute rainstorm came in. Right. And everyone vacated the water and went yep. up and stood under trees. <laughs> and I'm going, but you're <laughs> your neck in water. What's the difference? And I just stayed out there. There was no lightning, so there was no fear yeah. that way. But I thought it was hilarious. Just yes. everyone vacated to go under the trees. And they were already up to their neck in water. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny. It is. But, it is an oddity, right? Yeah. Yes. Just recently, at, at, um, when I went this summer to our, co- our my sister's cottage, one of the days it was raining, and even though there was thunder, there was no visible light anywhere. My sister and I decided it's it was just a wonderful gentle rain. So we jumped into the water. We brought our little noodles, and we were floating around. And yet. My other two sisters and her husband were adamant, get out of the rain, get out of the rain, get out of the rain. Can't you hear the thunder? And it's like, uh, yeah, I can hear the thunder, but at this point there is no visible lightning anywhere. So the chances are I'm not, I'm, I'm still perfectly safe here. And well, you're not a target if so much so if you're in the water, but if, if you are the only thing out there, but you were near shore and the wharf, I take it that. Exactly, exactly. But it's amazing how many cultural beliefs we still have with regards to the rain not being something as a welcoming thing that you, that, that you have to hide yourself from it rather than embrace and be within it. Exactly. Yeah, it's odd. And yet there's something about running in the rain. Oh, especially when we used to run down to swim. I know we weren't naked, but we were in our bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And we get sopping wet going the quarter mile down to the river and in the river when it was pouring rain. It was just wonderful. Well, for me, it's always the sense of release of that idea that I shouldn't be in the rain. And mm. when I'm actually in the rain, that freedom of allowing myself that experience is oh. such a joy. It is mm-hmm. such an amazing joy. No longer do I feel, well, you know, I'm, my hair is going to get all messed up or, or my clothing will be, you know, red. Who cares? You get to the point where it's like you relish the, the experience rather than run in fear of the experience. Yes. I think rain has a calming effect on many. I, I, you know, I honestly can say that as a child, I did not like the rain. Don't know what, what paradigm that came from. But if, it, if I woke up and it was a rainy day, I immediately felt or allowed myself to feel sad. Uh-huh. And it melancholy. was <laughs> melancholy and gloomy. And as I got older, and, and now as a, as a very young adult that I am, <laughs> I actually cherish 
the rain, whether I'm inside or outside. Now, it's not great if you've got places to be and it's inconvenient, but oftentimes you'll see people say, oh, it's a rainy Sunday afternoon. How lovely. I'm going to spend the time with my family. I'm going to cook. I'm going to do a movie marathon. I'm going to go take a bubble bath. I'm going to read a book and listen to the rain fall on the windows. And it is so calming. I'll often turn on the uh, Stingray Radio TV and listen to rain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. That. There's so many med- meditation tapes with regards to rain. Rain is a stepping stone to meditation and self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You notice in the city too here, I live in a city and when it's pouring rain and people get, they can't help it. They, they just have to be in it and they, they walk in the door sopping wet. Mm-hmm. I always notice that people, when they get sopping wet in the rain, are laughing more. Ah, yes. Yes. And, and they just go, well, that was hilarious. It's something about it that just cleans out all that negativity yeah. that they t- people tend to laugh more. Yeah, yeah well, you're, you're, as I said, you're allowing the release Mm-hmm. The preconceived notions that it's it's not acceptable to appear in public with your hair all wetted wetted down or whatever, your, all your inhibitions are being released. Well, you know, it's funny uh, about oh, I'm going to say it was about four or five weeks ago. I went out to get my hair uh, cut and highlighted, and I was helping a neighbor take some stuff out. So I said, "Well, here, I'll take it for you and get into the car, and I'll drop off the stuff and I'll head to the hairdressers." And I got outside and not realizing that it wasn't just spitting out. I think it was until I made it just about to my car and the heavens let loose. And it was just teeming cats and dogs. And here I am trying desperately to get the buggy in and get everything into the car that I needed to, the cardboard boxes. And I sat down in the car seat and I started to laugh. Mm-hmm. And it was, I am drenched. I cannot see out of my glasses because I, I don't have windshield wipers on them. And the rain is just <laughs> pouring down my face, even though I'm now in the car. And I looked down, I had these white cotton shorts on that were now invariably completely see through. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is just ducky. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, ducky, ducks and water. Interesting. And I went on my merry way, and I turned on the heat, and it was a hot day, but I thought that might help me dry. And I got to my hairdressers, and I walked in with my umbrella in hand, because you'll be happy to know that my umbrella was in the car, not with me on the way to the car. And I walked into the hairdressers, and I literally was standing there, and they looked at me, and they started to laugh. Mm. And they almost, you could tell they were apologizing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm kind of, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Mm. And there I am, just a little bit of a puddle. (laughs) <laughs> and it was quite funny. And I thought, gee, you know, you could have got all upset. You'll be happy to know I had a long top on, so I wasn't, you know, revealing anything. But it was just one of those moments where I thought, hmm, apparently I shouldn't have washed and dried my hair before I left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, rain has an amazing effect. Even though in situations like that, a lot of people make it mad and upset and everything else. <laughs> it is the way to go with it. Just move with yeah. the flow of the energy. Feel the energy of it. And let it open you up to the joy of it all. And I do believe it changed the outcome of the remainder of the day. Oh, we yeah. All, we all know about you get up in the morning and you, well, not for you gentlemen, but perhaps for me where you, you know, rip your pantyhose and the heel of your shoe breaks. You can either laugh at it and embrace it and move on with your day, or you can let it start to wreak havoc with you. Uh, yes, I'm very happy to say I've never had a run in my pantyhose. <laughs> Mainly because I never wear them, but that you know, that's it. beside the point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will say it, and it is time again. Oh my we goodness. have a couple of minutes to go. 
till we're at the end of the program again. So thank you both. That was a good program. I really liked our chit chat back and forth on this. And if I can say to our listeners, it sounded like a lot of fun chit chat back and forth and sounded like a lot of minor things in a lot of cases, but there was nothing minor about it. There is some wisdom in the thoughts we were having that if you pay attention to and work with, you will find that they can bring a lot more joy to your life, a lot more balance, and a lot more calm. The energies at this time are perfect for you to let go, forgive, and surrender. And as I said, open your root chakra at the base of your spine and send down thick roots to the core of Mother Earth to remember who you are. Or as Karen said, take the opportunity to walk outside barefoot on the grass or Mother Earth, stand there and feel the energies. Likewise, when you are up early enough Feel the sunrise. Feel the difference in energy between the sunrise and later that day, the sunset, or even the sun during the middle of the day. The energies that are surrounding us all the time, and as they shift through the seasons, the moon cycles, and the day, are different at every point, and you can use them to your benefit. Go with positive change. Find the joy in changes you see, and make them positive. Unfortunately, as I said, change usually brings fear, and it's fear of the unknown. But remember, all your fears are self-created. Again, look for the positive and dig deep into your core beliefs, which are not based on illusion or fear. Put your love into practice. Put your love into kindness, paying it forward, compliments, or blessing people. It is indeed time to go within and strengthen your inner energy. Meditate, work on your heart-mind connection, pay attention to your intuition. It is a time of self-awareness. Move with it and become who you are meant to be. That is ultimately one of our goals because that is becoming more of your sovereign self. So on that, thank you all very much for listening. We are part of the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Uh, have an absolutely fabulous week, and we will be back next week. Yes, have a wonderful week, and remember to release your inhibitions and feel the rain on your skin if you have the opportunity. Thanks, folks. Have an amazing week. Be good to yourself. Much love. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.